Well, good morning, church. Good to see you here. Praise the Lord. All you brave sausages. Raining outside, but who cares, right? Rain inside. Praise the Lord. You know, I remember uh, the rain of the Holy Spirit inside. Yeah, okay. I remember a statement that Nate, uh, Nate made to you, uh, Brian, uh, when you were in that excellent condition and you hadn't prayed for Mary. And he said to you, do you love her? And you said, yes. And then you said, well, why are you taking her to hell with you? Oh, it was the Holy Spirit, not Nate. Okay. Okay. That's a tough one, huh? That's a tough one. That'll shake you right. Clear your sinuses. All right. Are we ready for the word this morning? Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Christmas, obviously, as we're approaching the day. Um, I've titled my sermon this morning, uh, Christmas is a Time of Decision. There's so many things that we could talk about concerning the Christmas and uh, so many things happened when we look in the scriptures, you know, the ancient manuscripts, we see so many things happen. And we, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. And, you know, over the 45 years of being in ministry, I've had a lot of time to talk about things over Christmas. And uh, while praying for it this particular time, um, I, I got the sense that, that Christmas is about decisions. Um, Christmas is not what the world makes it out to be. It's, it's not about a holiday season. You know, we, they used to say, Merry Christmas. Then they went to Merry X. Remember that? Take Christ out of it. Um, and then they went to Happy Holidays, right? And uh, so uh, the world has, has attacked this time, and Hallmark has played a wonderful role in making it a romantic time. And it isn't. It is not a holiday season. It's not a romantic time. It is about God becoming a man. It is about God's timing in the life of mankind. Specifically, Christmas is about decisions made concerning our life. You know, God is sovereign when it comes to timing. He is a supreme being, and He is sovereign in that, in that regard. But yet in his sovereignty, he, always re he also respects our personal decisions. He doesn't overrule our personal decisions. He waits for us to come in line with his will. So Christmas is about life-changing decisions. It is a time, I feel, when we reflect on our lives and we ask ourselves the question, is there any decisions that I need to make at this time in my life to produce the desired results that I want on my journey, whether it's next year, the next decade, decade, or ultimately my destiny. What decisions? Because the decisions you make will direct your life and journey ultimately to a destiny that your decisions have set up. So I want to quote John Maxwell today. He said this, he said, the wrong decision at the wrong time equals disaster. Then he said the wrong decision at the right time equals a mistake. The right decision at the wrong time equals unacceptance. But the right decision at the right time equals success. Okay, so you'll have to go home and meditate on it. I put it out like that, so so that you could go and re-listen. 
Nothing in life stays the same. Things change constantly. Things come, things go, doors open, doors close. Options come to us and then they are gone tomorrow. We know that opportunities present themselves to us and then before you look, limited time and they're gone. What am I saying? I'm saying when God speaks to you, don't miss the moment. During our worship this morning, there was a presence of God that was with us because Jesus said, the Father seeks those who worship in spirit and truth, which we were doing. And so the Father came seeking us. But for some people, they might have missed that moment. God's timing is crucial. And for some people sitting here today, I believe today is your day. God wants to meet with you in a special way today. He wants to make something new. He wants to bring about something new in your life. Whatever it is you've been facing, something is going to change. Yes, you've been on a journey, and I think we can relate to this. You've had trials and tribulations. You've had ups and downs. You've had doors open and doors shut. You've had good things happen, and you've had bad things happen. You've had breakthroughs, and you've had tough times. You've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you know that everything that you have gone through has brought you to a place today where you are absolutely prepared for this moment. Those tough times that you went through, those bad things that happened, you know, you may have said, why God? Why did that happen to me? He doesn't have to answer you because there is always a mystery in God. You don't have, he's not going to give you all the answers. What you've got to do is you have to be like Pastor Jackie when she was speaking with um, Pastors Jeff and uh, Kelly yesterday, and they said, how are you doing? Imagine what the first words were out of her mouth. There you go. I'm fabulous. She's lying in bed. She's had a stroke, had about five different illnesses. She says, I'm fabulous. And then she goes on to say, I believe I'm healed. In Jesus' name. He paid the price for me to be healed, and that's all I'm going to accept. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm fabulous. So you see, tough times don't necessarily mold you. If you have faith in God and you continue to believe, those tough times can actually propel you. When David had to face Goliath, Goliath made David famous. He was a shepherd boy until he faced the giant that nobody else would face. It was the giant that made David famous. See, your tough times is what's making you famous. It's a, it's a thing that's propelling you. You know, if you've just got a wonderful, glorious life, ho-hum, who cares? But if you've been through tough times, I want to know how you got through those tough times. I want to know how Mary got through that cancer problem. I want to know how did you get through that? Why? Because I need to know. Are you out there? You're going home. Christmas is about positive decisions. And there are many decisions that were made that were positive. Some negative. Let's have a look at some of them. The first one is that God decided to send Jesus. He had to make the decision. And uh, 
It was a predetermined, it was predestined, it was prophesied with absolute precision. Nothing was left to chance. According to Galatians 4.4, 4, it said, And when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. So Jesus' birth happened at God's appointed time. I wish I could get into all the history about the Romans and how amazing it was for God's timing to come right at that point in world history. But God made the decision. And Jesus, of course, had to make the decision to agree with the Father. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, and from verse 1 onwards, it said, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then later on, verse 14, it says, And the Word took on flesh. So Jesus had to make the decision to come, to agree with the Father God, to come into a human body, confined to a human body as God in the flesh on the earth. Had to make a decision. Powerful decision. Thank you, Lord, for making the decision. Mary had to make a decision to accept God's call on her life. We read in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, The angel of the Lord said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And she answered, Let it be to me according to your word. So Mary surrendered to the will of God. She surrendered her life to the will of God. God is asking her to do something. He's saying, Mary, I want you to give birth. You know you're a virgin. I want you to give birth, a supernatural birth. And so what happened is that Mary surrendered her life to the word of God. When the word came, she recognized this is God speaking to me and I'm going to surrender my life to it. So she cooperated with God's will. And because of her obedience... She is highly esteemed today in heaven and on earth. And we are enjoying the fruits of her obedience. Yes, amen. Now, I wonder, she made the right decision at the right time, yeah? So we get to enjoy that. And I wonder, is God waiting for you to surrender your will to his life, the life that he has planned for you? Are you willing to surrender to his will? Well, I'm going to show you something. Uh, this golf club represents God's will for your life. Watching? Do you see how limp it is? Do you see how useless it is? Do you see it's not doing anything? He's got a will for your life. But until you submit your will, surrender your life, into His will, does this become effective? Now we have something that's working. You say, well, God had a will. Yes, He did. But His will can't work for you until you surrender your life to His will. Until you lay it down and say, no longer, God, I'm going to do your will. And you slip your hand into His hand. You slip your will into His, His will for your life. And now it becomes something. So I'm wondering, are there people close to you in your life that are waiting for the fruit of the right decision that you need to make. Where you need to submit your life to His will and produce fruit that comes from that submission. I believe people are waiting for you. Joseph had to make a decision whether to keep Mary or to divorce her. Now, he was 
betrothed to her in those days could have been married. It was, it was that serious, pre-marriage engagement. And look, in Matthew 1 and verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph decided, it was a decision, to accept God's explanation for this bizarre situation. Wait a minute. It's like Mrs. Noah asking Prophet Noah, where have you been? He couldn't say, I've been out fishing. He said, I have been in a fish. I mean, Jonah. Thank you for helping me. Jonah, I've been in a fish. How did she believe that? Because he was white and wrinkly and had seaweed all over him. Listen, giving, getting pregnant this way is unnatural. Actually, it's impossible. God asked Joseph to believe the impossible. How many of you in a situation right now where your situation looks impossible, but God's word says it ain't so? God's word has got a prophetic uh, a promise for you that things are going to change, that things are going to get better. It's not going to stay the same. He's asking you to believe the impossible based on His Word. Thank you for your... And this it's uh, Jackie. Thank you so much. So he decided, to be, he decided to cooperate. Joseph decided to cooperate with God's plan for his life. Then we have the guy Zacchaeus, Zechariah. He was a priest, and he hesitated when God spoke to him. So he made a wrong decision at the right time. See, what happened, Zechariah was busy working as a priest when Gabriel, the angel, came up and showed himself visibly to him and said, uh, you know what, uh, Zach. Your prayers have been answered. You're going to have a son. And uh, he says, have you seen me? Have you seen Elizabeth, my wife? Have, ha have you noticed I don't have any hair anymore? Have you, have you noticed we're old? We're old. How can this thing be? You see, God has been speaking promises to you. And what the devil has been doing is making you think about all the reasons why it can't happen. Because I'm old. Because I'm poor. Because I live in Escondido. 
because I don't have children, because I have too many children. What's the reason that you're saying it can't work? It can work. The promises of God are for the impossible situation. That's what they're for. But Zechariah, well, he hesitated, and of course, God shut his mouth. God shut his mouth on purpose so that he didn't keep talking that unbelief. Because maybe John the Baptist wouldn't have been born. And the angel had said, listen, you're going to have a son, call him John, and uh, he's going to do mighty things and gave a whole testimony prophetically about what John's ministry is going to look like. Well, if this father was allowed to keep talking, he may have spoken himself and Elizabeth right out of this promise from God. So do watch your mouth. Are you questioning the promises because of rational reasoning? And your reasoning may be okay. It could be rational. But who said God's rational? You know, in God's timing, John the Baptist had to be born before Jesus because he was to be the forerunner for Jesus. And so he goes to the people Works a miracle in their life so that John, you see, it's all about God's timing. But decisions had to be made. I have a prophetic word, just a moment. If you have been waiting on God for a, a word, stand to your feet. If you've been waiting for God, just stand to your feet. God is making arrangements for His divine will to be fulfilled in your life. He said there's been a shifting and a falling away and an adding to. There have been some things that have died and yet there's been other things that have received new life. And through all that you've been going through, God has been leading you by His Spirit, even though you were not aware of it. But the Spirit of the Lord says, the time is at hand for the fulfillment of His plans for you. Submit your will to His plans Receive them by faith and go forward and enjoy the destiny God has planned for you even from this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. You know, the shepherds. The shepherds were visited by angels. And they were told that a Savior has been born. Now, they had a choice. Another decision that had to be made. Do we follow up on what the angels have said and go and look for the Savior? So they made the right choice at the right time, did they not? And so in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, it said, When the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good things, a good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They made the right decision. Amen? But decisions had to be made. Then there was 
the wise men, the Magi. And they had to follow a star. Now, the, the Magi were heathen astronomers, not to be confused with astrologists. They studied the moon, the sun, the stars, and so on and so forth. Um, and they were able to see what God was saying to them. Amazing stuff happened. And they saw a star. According to Matthew 2 verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. And during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose and have come to worship him. They made a decision. They had come from the east. They had traveled a long way. They saw a star and they knew that that star represented the birth of a king. These weren't Christians. These weren't Jewish believers. But they recognized God was speaking to them. God can speak to you whether you're saved or unsaved, whether you're an atheist, whether you're a drug addict, it doesn't matter. God can speak to you. He can get the word to you. He's God after all. And he got the word to these guys, follow the star. In other words, listen, God spoke their language. God spoke to them in a way that they would understand. God is speaking to you today in a language you'd not understand. And it's not Afrikaans. But now Herod. Herod was told by the Magi that they've come to worship the king of the Jews. And he could have paid homage to the king of the Jews. But he decided to kill him. And to kill all the children under the age of two. Instead of going to worship, he decided against it. He decided, no, I'm threatened. I'm going to kill him. So he made the wrong decision at the wrong time causing disaster. Now, what did Jesus say about himself? He said in John 14, 6, I am the way the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. These are absolute statements. Jesus said, I am, and that I am is the name given to Moses when Moses asked the burning bush, who should I say is sending me to Egypt? And he said, I am. And Jesus said, I am. Then he said, I am the way. I am not a way, I'm the way, I'm the only way. Then he said, I am the truth. I'm not a truth, I am the truth. And then he said, I am the life. I'm not a life or a different way of life. He said, I am the life, the way, the truth, the life. And then he makes a statement, no one comes to the Father. Everybody say no one. No. Say it again, no one. That would include every person on the face of the earth. No one. Jesus included everybody. It's an absolute statement. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what, uh, what continent you're born on. And it doesn't matter what religion you belong to. 
Jesus said, no one is going to come to the Father except through me. That's it. Ultimate decision. You come through Jesus or you don't come. All right? Now, you know that there's a large segment of the population of the earth that refuses to accept what Jesus said. They refuse. According to Matthew 13 and verse 14, they make what Isaiah the prophet said long ago come true. Talking about these people. Isaiah said, you will listen and listen, but you will not understand. You will look and look, but you will not see. The hearts of these people have no feeling. They do not hear well with their ears, and they have shut their eyes. They do not want to see with their eyes. They do not want to hear with their ears. They do not want to understand in their hearts. They do not want to turn to me. If they did turn, I would heal them. What is it that these people do not want to hear, do not want to see, do not want to understand, and do not want to turn to? Jesus. Because he is the truth, right? They, this is it. Now, my, my question is, can they turn if they want to? The answer is yes, they can turn. In other words, this is a deliberate, calculated, conscious decision. I would say to reject knowledge. But in actual fact, it's not a decision to reject knowledge. They're making a decision, a decision to prevent themselves from being exposed to it. They haven't heard it. They're not rejecting something they've heard. They're saying, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to understand it. They are actually protecting themselves from being exposed to the truth. So when they hear the truth, they'll go, la, 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 la. Right? They'll change channels quickly like this. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to see it. Don't want to understand it. It's a decision that they're making. You know, there's only good and bad in the world. There's evil and good. There's light and darkness. And you know what? If you, if you reject light, all you have left is what? Darkness. So if you reject truth, all you have left is lies and falsehood. And so while the, this group of people refuse to hear, refuse to see, close their minds, they remain in darkness. They're making a wrong decision at the wrong time. It's going to end in disaster for them. In Acts 4 and 12, the Bible says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Once again, we have absolute statement in the Scriptures. The Scripture says, no one else. There is salvation in no one else. Everybody say, no one else. No one else. And then he said, there's no other name. Say, no other name. No other name. So Muhammad is a name, but it doesn't work. You got it? It doesn't work. By which you choose to be saved or must be saved must be saved. So it's emphatic. It's final. It's non-negotiable. People must decide to accept Jesus' plan, God's plan of salvation for them 
or die lost. You might think, you might think that's tough. It's much tougher spending eternity in hell. You may say, Pastor, you know, you should, you should speak with a little more love to those that are lost. I'm 71 years old. I've used up all the love I could use. <laughs> now I'm going to tell it like it is. Love me or leave me. Okay? Don't, don't, even, don't even go there. Actually, this is love. This is why, because this is the truth. Truth is love. If you tell somebody the truth, you love them. Amen? Amen. You see, God brought everyone to a point of decision in this Christmas narrative. When we think about Jesus and Zechariah and Elizabeth, and we think about John the Baptist and Mary and Joseph and the Magi and King Herod and the shepherds and the priests and you. Everybody has been brought to the place. God has been working with the ultimate precision in all of these people's lives, and He's been working with this ultimate precision in your life and in your journey and brought you to this place where you are today. The question is, what changes will you decide to make this Christmas that will affect next year, your next decade, and ultimately your decision. I'm going to have you stand. I'm going to have the lights down for a minute. I want you to just close your eyes, and I'm going to pose a few questions to you. And I'm going to ask our ministry team to come down here, please. Christina, come and join him. What decision are you going to make? Are you going to surrender your life to God? Are you going to surrender your life to God if you haven't done it yet? Are you going to make a fresh commitment to God if you need to? As Pastor Mary said, she had made a decision that day in our church. She made a recommitment when Pastor Theo came, but ultimately she had to have an encounter with God. She had to throw herself down at God's mercy and ask Him to forgive her and to come into His life. Where are you at? Have you made a decision? Did you come forward at one time, but have you drifted from God? Is it time for you to make a recommitment? Are you going to make the decision to forgive that person that hurt you? Are you going to try again to heal that relationship with your father, with your mother, with your child, with your brother, with your sister, with your spouse, husband or wife? Are you going to try again? Are you going to make a fresh commitment to pray daily and read the Bible? Are you going to be more faithful with your church attendance? Are you going to make a decision to go to Bible college so that you can further your spiritual education. I'm playing a song for you to come to Jesus and come to the altar. If you're going to come to Jesus today for the first time, would you walk down the aisle right now and come let somebody pray with you? 
If you're coming back to Jesus or a fresh commitment, would you come on down as well? If you're wanting to receive the Holy Spirit, you're making that decision. You love Jesus, but you're making the decision to receive the Holy Spirit. Would you come on down too? There may be another decision you want to make and you want someone to pray with you about that decision. You can come down too right now. I have the will of God, the golf club in my hand. You have to slip your will into His will. Don't delay anymore. This is the time. Come down for that prayer. Come down for that prayer. Have you given up on somebody in your life? What about giving God opportunity to turn that situation around? Do you need to forgive somebody? Come down. Come pray with somebody. We have a wonderful Savior. He's wonderful. We can turn it up just a little. Come down and receive that prayer. If you need God to forgive you, people, if you need deliverance, you may be on drugs. Nobody else knows about it. You do and God does. You're not hiding it from God, but it is keeping you from your destiny. It's keeping you from having a fulfilled life. Come receive prayer. Come and receive that deliverance. This Christmas, right here, right now, is something very, very special. This is for you. This is for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Dre is available. Come play with Dre. Can we just pray a little bit in the spirit? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. People, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you can't get through this life as a believer without the Holy Spirit. Jesus told His disciples to go to Jerusalem and to wait to be filled with power to receive the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, you need to receive. Start trusting God. Trusting God for a fullness. In Jesus' name.
Lord, I thank you for this service today. I thank you for ministering to your people, for loving them through the Word and helping them to come to a point of decision, for speaking life and life-giving promises to them. I believe they have the faith to receive them. And Lord, we're going to walk in victory all the days of our life because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Jesus was victor, therefore we can have victory. He's our healer, so we can be healed. And so, Father God, we thank you for your presence and your spirit resting upon every person here today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, you're dismissed. If you need prayer, by all means, wait, wait around. Come to the front. We'll be happy to pray with you. God bless you. Have a great week. And next Sunday is going to be awesome. Going to be fabulous.